Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We are back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We're going to talk to you today about, well, we're in the middle of this crisis right now. And by the time you hear this episode, we'll probably still be in the crisis. But we're going to be talking with Ron Tarosian, who is the founder and CEO of 5W Public Relations. He is not only, uh, they do PR for all types of companies, but he is also a crisis management specialist. We're going to be talking a little bit about that. We're obviously going to be talking about things related to customer service and experience. Before we get into that, just a few reminders. If you want to reach out to me via any social media channel and, and share a, a story, ask a question, just simply do it and look for me on virtually any channel and use the hashtag AskShep. I'll either answer the question there or I will put it on one of the other uh, channels that we broadcast on. By the way, speaking of channels we broadcast on, don't forget we have Be Amazing or Go Home, the TV show that you can find on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, Roku, just about any other streaming TV opportunity. All right, let's get into our interview today. Ron Tarosian, I mentioned he's the CEO of 5W Public Relations, one of the 15 largest independently owned PR firms in the city. He is in New York City, right in the middle of it all right now. By the way, his roster of great clients includes who's who in brands. We're going to learn a lot from Ron today. Ron, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. So, so much to talk about, uh, but a, a quick little background on yourself. Just a real short one. We're not going to spend a lot of time. Like, what's 30 seconds of Ron's life? That's a tough I'm a, one. I'm a native New Yorker with two awesome daughters. Um, I founded a PR firm, 5 PR, 17 years ago out of one room. Today, we're about 200 people, consumer, corporate, technology brands, everything from digital media to traditional media relations to influencers. And we love what we do and work really hard. Yeah, great, great. So you came out with this great report, the 2020 Consumer Culture Report. And uh, there's a great stat from there. And while I don't necessarily need to go through the whole report today, I think it's a good setup to what we're going to talk about. And the stat was that 71% of all people surveyed find it important to buy from companies that align with their values. Uh, and you know, when you look at millennials, that's 83%. Millennials is the growing, if not largest, uh, workforce a group of people. So let's talk about aligning with values because so many times customer experience is tied to people who want to do business with the companies they love to do business with. So I see the tie in there. So let's start there. Sure. I mean, you know, people work with people that they like. People work with people buy from companies that they identify with that have values that are similar to their own. I think that's always been true, but I think it's more so true as, um, yes, this millennial generation which has a different outlook on life than Gen X and the boomers and then others. I think it's more true now than ever before. Um, you know, all that said, you know, we can't ignore the elephant in the room. We talk about a 2020, you know, consumer report that we did. I think, you know, for any consumer brand, there's going to be life pre-corona and pros and life post-corona. The world is going to completely change as a result of the, you know, pandemic, which we're now living through. So let's talk about that. We are noticing brands stepping up to do amazing things. And I kind of think it's part of what they are and who they are. Um, it's like uh, going back a long time ago during 
a flood time when I remember Anheuser-Busch started canning water instead of beer and giving them to people who were having difficult getting clean drinking water. We're seeing all kinds of companies. We're seeing uh, automobile manufacturers switch from making cars to making ventilators. Is, is this the type of thing that we're looking at and where people are going to latch onto and say, yeah, I love that company because of what they did? I think there's a lot of brands that are doing really good things. Um, I think there's some brands that, you know, I think every brand today has to be careful, okay? I received an email the other day from a luxury brand that had some kind of sale. I'm not thinking of buying luxury brands right now that are on sale. It doesn't matter. Everything 24-7 today is about, will we have our jobs? Will we be safe? Will our children go back to school? All these types of things that we're talking about. So, yes, I think brands that are, you know, converting factories into places that they make face masks or they make um, any kind of, you know, medical gowns or equipment or things like that, they're doing a great thing. And I think there's certain brands that should just be quiet. Um, I think there's a time for noise and there's a time for silence. I think brands can market today. They have to be careful about how they market. They cannot ignore the elephant in the room. There right. has never been a news cycle like this. There has never been, you know, again, uh, in anybody's lifetime, I don't believe it's alive today. There's been such a unique circumstance in terms of, you know, it's not just New York, it's not just the United States. The entire world is basically living under lockdown. And it's very scary times. A brand needs to be cognizant. Yeah. So I think part of that goes to one of the things I wanted to talk about, which is trust. Uh, you, you, how can you trust the brand that's trying to push and market and sell down your throat right now? That's like you said, this is not the time to do it. So the importance of building trust with customers prior to this crisis and the ways a company can proactively build relationships in today's crisis and how we plan to come out of it. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Trust is really important. You said people like to do business with people they know. And the old saying is no like and trust. I think the old saying of no like and trust is so very much relevant today. Um, you know, I talk about a variety of different things. Um, you know, do I, tr do, do, do I trust the local store is forcing their people to do something as simple as wash their hands and cover face gear? Here in New York, there's a company that started a... Um, high-end car service where the drivers are tested every few hours using a, um, you know, handheld thermometer, where there is a, you know, like the, oh, like the police cars that have a, you know, barrier between the driver and yourself. They set one of those things up that you can't, you know, you don't have any contact between the passenger and the driver. And those are things I think that embody, you know, some version of trust today. Um, brands cannot ignore the 800-pound elephant. There's some brands that completely shut down. You know, you walk through the streets anywhere throughout the world, you see, you know, boarded up storefronts, and that's understandable today. Um, you know, so brands will need to do a variety of different things. Will, will, will travel return as it was? I'm not convinced it will. I don't know that planes will be able to pack in the same amount of people that they were before. When's the next time any of us are going to a sporting event with 25, 50, 75,000 people? Um, you know, so trust today, trust yesterday is driven than trust tomorrow. But don't you agree that the, uh, at least the American public has a short memory with these things? I think in general, publics have a very short memory. All that said, I don't know that I'm going to run so quick and shake somebody's hand. I would agree with that. I would agree. Oh, and I don't know how quick I'm going to be to jump into a, uh, a sporting event or want to be on uh, 
with, I mean, we're going to see people wearing masks. You know, I don't know about you. I travel around the world and in certain parts of the world, it's not uncommon to see somebody wearing a mask. However, you wondered when you're sitting next to somebody on an airplane, and this is pre-pandemic, pre-coronavirus, um, they're wearing a mask going, huh, is this person overly paranoid uh, about germs? What is it? Because it was uncommon here. I think we're going to have a new way of doing things. I sure hope that uh, I'm an optimistic person. So I think that in the next couple of months, we're going to start to see ourselves get back into business as usual, a new usual, but I think we're still going to have sporting events. Um, we're still going to have airplanes that are crowded. Uh, I jokingly say what I would do right now, the good old days when I was upset that I didn't get that upgrade to first class, I'd be happy to sit in between two guys named Bubba in the middle seat on a long flight from New York to LA just to know that I was going to a speaking engagement, which meant a convention filled with people. But you're right, trust is huge. All right, so let's let's uh, move to, I wanna go back to that stat. Uh, people like to buy from companies that align with their values. I know one of the, uh, as I look through some of the talking points that you provided, uh, it's great that, that they have those values and you tend to want to do business with companies that believe in the same thing, but you also uh, talk about people taking a stance at the wrong time for the wrong thing, for the wrong place, and it becomes a crisis. Is that right? Am I reading this correctly? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, I got a call from a Fortune 1000 company that we're involved with that um, wanted to come out with certain viewpoints on. Um, how the president is handling this, um, how, the hand, how the president of the United States is handling this epidemic. Okay, which is immediately polarizing, I would imagine. Fortune 1000 brand, CEO has very strong private, pri private um, ideas that nobody knows where he stands. I told him, why would you want to do that? You are instantly going to alienate 30, 40, 50, 60% of people, depending on, you know, how you read polls and on politics and things like that. It's much different than a brand like Ben & Jerry's. We know where Ben & Jerry stands. Like them, don't like them. That's a brand that's involved in political thought, in social consciousness. You know, and there, there are brands that do that. Nike, what they do with Colin Kaepernick. They knew what they were doing. Nike was a brand, when they got involved with Colin Kaepernick, they were very clear that it was polarizing. They were comfortable with it. They knew what they were doing. I don't believe that, you know, brands that haven't done it before come out and say anything. It's very easy today, you know, to say we salute you know, healthcare workers, or we, we, you know, we support those on the front line. That's a pretty much a political statement. But if you want to go into President, you know, President Trump or Governor Cuomo or any of the others, you know, it's a tough thing to do. You know, there's a lot of brands, I think, that are better off staying silent rather than, you know, polarizing people long after this continues. Yeah. So um, you mentioned Nike, and let's go with the Colin Cupper, because that is... Uh, I think what they did was interesting. Uh, and for those that don't know, uh, Colin was the gentleman who uh, he would not, would he take a knee? I'm, I'm trying to remember the exact. He took, took a knee. He was the first, and he was the first high profile athlete to take a knee during the national anthem. Right. Wouldn't stand for the national anthem. He was upset and, and, and it was very controversial. Don't you think, I mean, it worked. Nike did it. They knew exactly what they were doing. They probably knew there was risk in what they were doing. Oh, Nike's a genius company for sure. They knew. Yeah, but what would have happened? What 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 could have happened if they mismanaged that? Again, do I think you know? 
Nike for me is one of the most genius marketing companies ever. Okay, Nike is a genius marketing company. They absolutely knew what they were doing. This wasn't a mistake. You know, Gino made Colin Kaepernick your, you know, your poster child. And, oh, you know, he's controversial. We don't know he's controversial, okay? People think he was right. People think he was wrong. Whatever people might think about his, you know, position of not standing for the national anthem. All of that said, Nike knew what they were doing. What could have happened? They had a short-term stock drop. You could have, you know, consumer boycotts go in mass. There's a variety of different things that, you know, happen from boycotting to stock prices to public burning of sneakers. I assure you that they were prepared for it. I assure you they had done market research. I assure you they had contingency plans. They knew very clearly what they were doing. Wow, very interesting. All right, we're going to take a short break. We come back. We might talk a little bit more about Nike, but we're going to talk about, you know, just basically how you manage crisis communications. This is a big part of the customer experience. Things don't go as well as they can all of the time. And there are some great examples and some poor examples out there. We're talking with Ron Tarosian, the CEO and founder of 5W Public Relations. We're coming right back. Don't go away. Cult is not a scary word. My book, The Cult of the Customer, proves it. It helps you design a strategy to lead customers and employees through five cultural phases or cults. And good news, I've revised and updated the book. The new edition, The Cult of the Customer, is available for purchase now. It features case studies, tips, and tactics to guide you on the journey from uncertainty to amazement and build a customer-focused culture, a cult of the customer. So what are you waiting for? Go to www.cultofthecustomer.com. Go there today and order. Join the cult that turns satisfied customers into customer evangelists, the cult of the customer. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio Talk with Ron Trosian, and we've been talking about Nike and Smart Smart. You talk about a great brand experience. They know how to do it. However, uh, some companies get into a situation that is sticky. It becomes a crisis. Um, some major crisis that I can think of. I'd love to hear how you would have handled them. Uh, let's talk about how one, well, I don't think that United handled the passenger that was taken off the plane in the last year and a half or so. I don't think they handled that as well as they could. Uh, maybe you have an opinion on that. I looked at how Starbucks handled the uh, customer that they arrested in Philadelphia when he was waiting for a friend. The manager thought that he was going to uh, just stick around and not buy anything. Uh, do you remember those incidents? No, so Starbucks, I think, had it great. I think Starbucks had a incident where they thought that there was, um, you know, racial profiling of some sort. I think it was in Philadelphia. Starbucks immediately closed all stores, did sensitivity training. I think that blew over very much so because Starbucks handled it very well. Um, United Airlines pulling somebody off the plane by their face is really what happened. If you remember the incident, right? there was an emergency room doctor obviously with no criminal record, with no issues, with no anything, who was asked to leave a plane because it was overbooked. He had legally, he had boarded the plane, bought a ticket, and they basically told him to leave. He refused to leave. United then proceeded to drag him off physically. Um, I think our expectations for airlines are just so low when it comes to customer service. Our expectations are just so, so, so you know, low. They just don't care about their customers at all. They really don't. Um, so I think United Airlines saw an immediate, you know, saw a lot of noise, but it didn't affect their business in the bottom line. It did not affect United business, their refusal to treat people like humane and civilly and all the rest. 
Um, I think they broke his nose. They, I don't remember, he had broken ribs or something, the doctor. Um, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible incident. They handled it horribly. Um, I'm not really convinced that we handle it any differently today or tomorrow or the next day. They just don't give a damn about their passengers. Wow. Well, those are strong words against United. I don't know if that's the case or not, but I'd love to know what you, if you were CEO and Oscar wasn't there, what would you have done? I would have immediately, obviously the first thing you need to do in a crisis is figure out what happened. So you need to investigate where did we go wrong? How was the plane overbooked? How was this guy allowed on board if he wasn't meant to be ta- if he wasn't meant to be on board? Who made the decision to pull him off? And then how do we rectify? How do we handle that? Or do we fire people? Do we, you know, what do we do to rectify this with him? Immediacy and long term. So what I would do is I would investigate this situation. Something that high profile. There's got to be scapegoats. There's got to be a statement, and there has to be a long term change. That's how I would have handled it. Mm-hmm. So you're a specialist in crisis management. Do you have a process that you typically, I think the first step of the process is find out what happened, right? First thing we do, you know, we do a lot of the crisis work. First thing we do is exactly right. We have to figure out what happened. So there's your version of the truth, there's my version of the truth, and there's media's version of the truth. Not necessarily the mm-hmm. same thing. We have to figure out what happened. And then at the end of the day, you know, working in crisis PR is, is about telling stories. We have to figure out a narrative. We have to figure out a narrative that makes sense. Um, you know, we have to figure out what's the angle we're going to be taking, who the audiences we're speaking to. Um, and you have to do this moving very, very, very quickly. And today, while we live through this pandemic, media has never moved faster. Media cycle has never moved quicker. These things move really, really, really quick. And in crisis, you need to be decisive. You need to be strong. You need to make decisions. Yep. And I think that's going back to the first thing we were talking about, trust. I think that sets up trust rather well. I think the key in crisis is often to respond quickly. I think okay. companies that, you know, if this thing blows up, you need to respond. It just won't go away. Um, you know, I think you're seeing an extreme case of it today with both President Trump and Governor Cuomo holding daily press conferences. Um, what they're doing is recognizing that, as I said earlier, nobody's thinking right now about sports. Nobody's thinking right now about, you know, anything except for this coronavirus and how it affects their life. There's nothing else that matters in the world right now. You know, and I'm saying this from, the, from, from New York, it's the epicenter. But I would tell you that, you know, all anybody's thinking about, talking about the corona is the virus is the only thing that exists right now for many of us on how it affects our business, our children, our lives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that, you know, ignoring that is not healthy. Ignoring that, you know, just isn't living in the real world. Yeah, would agree with that. All right, as we, we start to wind down here, um, let's talk a little bit about that culture report you came out with. It's a great report. Let's get, get an overview of it and uh, maybe give me some, like two or three key takeaways uh, before we head out today. I think people, you know, when you talk about, you know, customer service, you should care about and try to understand your consumer's values and resonate with them. You should realize that digital media is here and it's here to stay and it's not going anywhere. I've said that pre-pandemic, I see that more even more so today, post-pandemic, you must be visible, active, and viable on all forms of digital and social media. Watch for emerging technologies, um, including TikTok and others. Um, I think those are kind of, you know, two big takeaways that I'll give you. And, um, you know, brand sentiment really matters. What you say, how you say it, tone, those things really affect consumer purchasing habits and will continue. Mm-hmm. 
I would agree with that. All right, my one thing question. Is there one thing that you absolutely want this audience to remember when we're finished today? Brand always matters. Um, what you do and say always matters. In today's world, think before you talk. You have two ears and one mouth for a reason. And remember that. Um, take your words as a brand, as a company, as a person, seriously, and be responsible. The other thing I'll tell you, while we're all living through difficult times today, is every day learn how to laugh. Every day remember to laugh. Amen. I'll tell you, even while it's really difficult, and it is difficult, these are difficult times for all of us, try and smile and laugh every single day. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a very important. I, I'm, I'm the optimistic guy. You know, I, I, I jokingly told you about, the, you know, flying in between two guys named Bubba. But um, I talk about the good old days, and the good old days were, were just about two months ago. <laughs> really, think about it. I mean, don't, don't I, we want to get back to that? How insane is it to think about less than three months ago, Kobe Bryant died? It was like oh, 10 boy. years ago, you know. You know, somebody said to me the other day, you know, how many, you know how many days March 2020 had? March 2020 had 97 days in it. Did you know that? <laughs> you know, it feels like, you know, today is like, you know, we're speaking today and it's, you know, April 6th. It feels like today is April 95th already. I mean, it is like, you know, there's no weekend, there's no days. It's just, it's just, it's just, you know. Let's hope and pray that these times come to an end. Let's hope and pray that we get back to some form of what the new normal is. And let's hope and pray that all of us will be, as many people as possible, can be healthy and well. Well, Ron, I appreciate that. Those are great words, optimistic words. And I think we're going to be there hopefully sooner than later. As they say, this too shall pass. We've been talking with Ron Torsian, and he is the founder and CEO of 5W Public Relations. Thank you very much for being on the show. Really appreciate it, especially in a difficult time that we have today. Great message to hear from you. We'll be back next week with another episode of Amazing Business Radio and another amazing uh, interview. So until that time, Chef Hyken here reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Dot com.